0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to Episode 74 of the Game Explained Real Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined once again by Ash Paulson. And once again, Andre is not here, but he does have a good excuse since he's currently at PAX West. And you're actually heading there tomorrow, aren't you, Ash?
1: Yeah, so I will be there. I'm, I'm heading out first thing in the morning, unfortunately, so I got to be up at like 6 in the morning. But uh, the plus side there is that I'm going to be probably at the show by around noon, so I still have the whole day. Um, and I'm, I'm mainly going for work, so, you know, my, my time, unfortunately, to do game explained stuff and even just kind of walk around and play what I want to play is going to be limited, but I am definitely going to set aside some time to help out Andre and Tom with whatever appointments I can and play the stuff I want to play, because there's so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does seem to have quite a bit. I mean, at least just for you, the fact that King Knight is playable there.
1: Yes! <laughs> It's killing me that I could see a video on our channel of of King Knight being played, but it's not me who's playing it. It doesn't feel right.
0: How dare it! How how dare we not have King Knight be played by you?
1: (laughs) I know. I I hate that I'm not there to do it myself. So I got to go and play. You know, King of Cards and Runner Three is there. I really want to play that. And you know, but you know, I always enjoy PAX. PAX of all the shows that I either you know work or attend or whatever, PAX West has always been my favorite. I love Seattle, I think it's a beautiful city I love the weather there, especially because we're in the middle of a heat wave right now in LA I don't know if you've heard, but Mm -hmm. it's so bad actually, (laughs) Uh, about 10 miles away from me in Burbank, there's a brush fire going on, we can see all the smoke and it's uh, it's like 100 degrees out where I am right now. And I think there's even a hashtag on Twitter that's trending, like hashtag LA heat wave. So <laughs> yeah, I I'm did try to stay see
0: cool. Some people say like it's 109 degrees out there right now. Oh, It's
1: it's awful. It's, it I is. Mean, right is. where I am, it's a few degrees cooler. And I say, yeah, I use air quotes for cooler because it's really, it's just different degrees <laughs> of hot. But like where my parents live, that's actually 114. So oh my it's, God. it's really bad right now. And there's also humidity in the air. So it's like, just absolutely awful. But on the on the flip side of that, we did finally, my wife and I finally won our ongoing two-month battle with our c- awful, corrupt uh, building managers, and we finally got our air conditioner installed. Oh, finally. So, yeah, our air conditioner has been broken for two months. They didn't want to install a new one. We basically, Dina you know, said they had to, and they finally did two months later during one of the hottest summers LA's ever had. So, just in time for this extra heat wave now, we have an <laughs> air conditioner, which is... A huge relief, let me tell you.
0: Oh, I bet. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's almost it's like you don't want the heat wave, but it's also like, oh, thank God we got this fixed. And it's not, oh, we finally got it fixed. And by the way, it's getting cooler naturally now. Exactly. <laughs> it's
1: like, OK, it was just about to get cooler. and But no, our summers usually last until like end of October. So we have a bit of a ways to go.
0: Yeah. So that's it's good. But uh, how you been otherwise? <laughs> um,
1: honestly, it's just been absolutely crazy work wise. Like I, I am so embarrassed to admit this but i actually have not even been able to watch the nindies summer showcase yet i'm going to watch it tonight over dinner but i have been so crazy busy with work um we actually just and i can talk about it now we just announced our uh, launch date for the game i've been producing at my new job uh, hive swap act one it's the homestuck adventure game that's coming out september 14th and so i've been kind of you know me and our whole team we've just been going non-stop and preparing that for launch and so that's happening, and I'm working on the uh, you know that Klonoa movie as well. Kind of you know that's in the very very early stages, and just everything kind of you know how it's like <laughs> you have all these things waiting in the in the wings, and then suddenly they all the damn bursts, and everything happens at once, and now suddenly you have five different <laughs> things to do. It never it's never one after another. It's always everything at the same time.
0: Yeah. Oh, it it always is, and I'm actually experiencing the same thing right now. <laughs> I know it's what you're saying. Yeah. Like I. Like, last weekend was, um, was, uh, Mario and Rabbids, uh, all that coverage, all that stuff, which was mostly Andre, uh, but I was trying to help out as much as I could here and there, uh, just, you know, uh, since we had somehow got a second copy, I think because it was handled, the, the game was handled by Ubisoft rather than Nintendo, so we had to talk to their reps, and I think to make sure we got one, Andre talked to two different reps just to make sure, like, please give us one, and, uh... Both of them actually ended up giving us a, a, a copy, so I got the extra one to try to help out with some of the videos, and that's why I was able to do the streams and whatnot. Uh, so it's it's actually it's surprisingly fun, you know?
1: It's getting really positive buzz. Like, the, the Metacritic's really strong. Reviews have been great across the board. I mean, I think this is something that, uh, you know, Ubisoft can safely stand up and say, we told you so, because <laughs> all of us were doubting. That this was a good idea, and I think you know, rightly so. I mean, the rabbits don't exactly have the you know a, a history of incredible quality, but uh, you know, it's clear that Nintendo's involvement really, you know, they they were able to make sure that this was up to their usual standards of quality, and that also made it seems like it also made the rabbit side of the game also shine. So mm-hmm. it really does seem like you know both the Mario half and the rabbit half really get to shine in a whole new way with this game.
0: Yeah, the rabbits are still very much the rabbits, but they're they have a lot more charm to them this time around, and I think that makes all the difference. And on top of a you know, entertaining, uh, just gameplay.
1: Yeah, well, and I also like. I mean, I haven't played too much of uh, you know Kingdom Battle myself, other than the E three demo I played, of course. But I do like that they haven't. At least it doesn't seem like they've shied away from the more bizarre elements of the rabbit's behavior like I was watching one of our videos I, b- I believe I think it was world three and uh like you come up or Andre you or Andre come up a- across two rabbits who are like making out but they're just like slobbering <laughs> all over each other's faces and it's so weird and disturbing <laughs> to look at but that's rabbits too so mm-hmm. I'm glad that that hasn't been neutered at all
0: oh no I am sure, assume you've seen our uh, poop joke video <laughs>
1: I have not yet. No, I've got to go like tonight again with work. I'm going to go through our whole video list and just watch everything I haven't watched.
0: Oh, geez. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll spoil for you now. <laughs> okay, nice. Because basically you come across a statue of a rabbit on a toilet and <laughs> and uh, Beepo, the little Roomba-like guy, reads it and he says, says here, uh, it's uh, rabbit building a log cabin. Huh, wonder what that <laughs> means.
1: Oh, so good!
0: <laughs> it's just like, that's
1: absolutely ridiculous, uh, but
0: great. Like you never see, you never think you'd see a poop joke in a Mario game, but there it is.
1: There, there it is.
0: <laughs> so you know that that's, that that was been entertaining, and I'm on the fourth world myself. I have not had a chance to actually beat the game yet, uh, just because something else came in, which is keeping me a <laughs> bit busy. Uh, on top of you know the indie stuff, the Nindy stuff, and all that stuff, and we'll get into that when we get to the news section. But uh, yeah. Uh, we got in Metroid, and I can't talk about it yet until tomorrow. Uh, and you'll you'll have you can for uh, patrons listening to this, you'll be able to look forward to that coverage tomorrow. Uh, for everybody else, it, it's already out, so keep an eye out on that. I can't really say anything about it yet, but um, I have been playing it, and yeah, that's uh, <laughs> keep, getting every all the previous stuff ready has been uh, very busy, especially since you know got to do this podcast. Got to do do the Splatoon coverage because the Splatfest is this weekend. Why? How did this happen? Like I completely I know. forgot about it. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, new Splatoon weapon and Splatfest this weekend. OK, sure.
1: Yeah. And I, I like once again, as ever, with all the Splatfests, for some reason, they always <laughs> happen on weekends where I'm not home. So I did actually get to play in the previous one because I just played there from EVO but I kind of don't think I'm going to get to play in this one because it's happening PAX weekend, and yes, I'm bringing my Switch, but I'm pretty much going to be on the show floor most of the time and then probably eating dinner or having drinks with colleagues the rest of the time. So I don't know if I'm going to get to, to uh, play for Team uh, Was Team Flight. I, I yeah. joined Team Flight. But, uh, and I, yeah. At
0: least you picked the right team. <laughs> exactly.
1: The only thing I didn't like about it was I think that's Pearl's team, and I hate aligning myself with Pearl because I so highly prefer Marina. But she was wrong this time, i got to say.
0: <laughs> I've actually, for both of the official ones, in the preview one I teamed up with Marina, but in the, uh, the, the the actual ones for the game, I've teamed up with Pearl both times.
1: Wow, so you were on Team Mayo.
0: Yep, I was Team Mayo, but I won as All well. Right. I basically cho- chose Team Mayo because I knew everybody was going to be choosing ketchup. So I, <laughs> yeah. wanted, so I wanted to actually fight against people that were going to do that. And I think this it's a little hard to say whether... Uh, Flight or invisibility is going to be the major one this time around. So I just went with the one I actually would choose.
1: I have a feeling it's going to be flight. I just think there's that just there's that kind of that base instinct that, oh, man, I'd love to fly. Like, you know, everyone's like, oh, what, what superpower you want to have? Oh, I'd love to be able to fly. Invisibility is cool, but I feel like flight is just cooler and on a more base level. But, hey, I could be wrong, and we could be seeing most people pick invis- uh, invisibility.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, it's yeah, just, uh, <laughs> keeping up with everything and it's, uh, it's left me exhausted. I am like, it's, it's weird to say with these, like with this job, but it is a, like, is cause you know, you're just playing games, but now it, it really does feel like it's a jobs at, at points. And this is definitely one of those weeks. So I apologize if I come across as a little, <laughs> um, Tired, <laughs> I guess.
1: How dare you be tired? A low Derek. energy. That is absolutely unacceptable.
0: I know. No, I know. I should be fired on the spot.
1: No, I totally hear you, man. It's it's. And I mean, you say. It's, I mean, it's playing games, but it's really so much more than that. I mean, yes, it's playing games, but it's also editing together countless videos about those games and writing the scripts, and you know, it's it's a lot of hard work. It's not just playing games, even though it could possibly see like seem like that to the outside observer. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, and. I, I remember, um, I mean, I've been playing the Azure Striker Gunvolt Striker Pack for Switch to do a Game & Watch of it uh, for the embargo, which dropped on Thursday. And with everything else going on, I basically messaged you Wednesday night and like, Derek, I don't come hell or high water, I'm going to have a Game & Watch on my drive for you by the time you wake up. <laughs> and somehow it happened, but I was up almost all night because I was working on other stuff. And then I'm like, okay, I got to do this Game and & Watch. And I think <laughs> it was probably 4.30 or so a.m. Oh before God. I actually went to bed that night, and I, you know, of course I woke up next morning for work and everything, but yeah, I mean, but I'm glad I was able to get that Striker Pack game and watch out, because uh, I mean, I've already reviewed Gunvolt 1 and Gunvolt 2, but these are games that continue to be great, and this Switch Striker Pack is absolutely the, the definitive version of both games, so if you're on the fence you don't know if you like, you know, want to try Gunvolt or you don't know where to jump in I'm telling you, this is where to jump in you've got both games in one package, and it is the best version of those games so i've been having a great time with the striker pack i have to say
0: mm-hmm. it's one of those things i think I, I i i'd want to eventually pick it up pick it up but right. i just they, no time oh no time <laughs> i hear you man no it's it's it's, it's crazy no the, the worst thing for me is uh as far as just you know it you know i'm playing a 3ds game but the problem with 3ds games is that you have to be you're tethered to the computer all the time and it's not in the same way as recording a console game where you just set up yeah. the computer and you don't have to really think about it. I'm tethered to the lap, my uh, laptop in this case. So I'm at my desk chair for hours at a time hunched over playing this 3DS and it's just it oh it, it kills me. <laughs> you know, it just sitting yeah. in that position it just take it takes it takes it out of me. I love 3DS games. There are so many good 3DS games out there, but actually playing them for recording purposes Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shoot me. And I have more of it coming up, especially with Pokemon. So one of the things I need to do is, um, I have this old crap. It's not even old. It's a just a crappy chair, I got, uh, desk chair I got from, I think Radio Shack or something like that. Just not not didn't spend much money at all uh, because I thought it would just do the job. But then the the months ago I think now the one handle snapped. So it's actually quite broken <laughs> at, the, at this oh, point. Oh no. And I just not ha- have not taken the time to get myself a new chair. So I I'm going to be talking I've talked to a few friends uh, trying to figure out like which chair I want. So I'm going to I'm going I do want to start narrowing that down because I need a new chair by the time Pokemon comes out. I want That's something sure. I'm going to spend some money on that thing because I want to be comfortable. I am so tired of like These crappy leather chairs. I want something nice and cushiony. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, mean, what's a chair if it's not comfortable? I mean, you got to – there's no point in spending money on a chair if you hate sitting in it. Yeah, exactly.
0: So it feels like like I've just been complaining all the the, the entire time. (laughs) Hey,
1: it's one of those weeks, man. I totally understand. It Mm -hmm. is one of those weeks. Mm
0: -hmm. And I say complaining but I also like – I'm, pl- I'm also playing Metroid, so it's not all bad. <laughs> right, know? right. It's not all bad. But, uh, yeah, I, I going back to you saying PA- PAX West and how it's your favorite show, is. would you consider it better than PAX East? Because I haven't gone to PAX West in a very long time, and uh, PAX East is the one I usually go to, and even that one's sort of off and on. But I just with in general with PAX East, I've also found myself being not as into it as I used to be. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I, I would say the energy at Pax West is different. Also, just the city's better. I'm sorry to any Bostonians listening. I like Boston. It's I love the cold weather. I have nothing against Boston, but the placement of the convention center where Pax East takes place is absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. There's there are no decent restaurants around that are affordable. So, yeah. like you, if you want to eat near anywhere near Pax East, you're eating at like a really nice seafood place or a really nice bistro and it's mm. it's good but it's expensive and whereas you know C- uh, seattle you're you're basically at the you're at the seattle convention center right in the middle of downtown seattle so you've got all sorts of things to go eat or drink or wherever you need to go it's right there and i just feel like the atmosphere at pax west is different it's a little more earnest it's a little more exciting um, a little more, I don't know, just a little more energetic, where I feel like PAX East is just uh, a little more laid back, which is fine, but I just kind of like the oomph of PAX West more, I guess.
0: I can see that. Now, I, I did have those same um, complaints against PAX East as far as like finding places to eat, but yeah. thanks to Ted, who lives in Boston, uh, actually, he actually pointed me in the right direction for where to get at, to get food. And you'd have to walk a little bit from that convention center, I think you know about a mile or something to that yeah. degree. But you could get down to the train station where there's all kinds of food around, like you know food that you yeah. can get. So at least I mean, there's options great. there. But again, you're still walking quite a distance in order to get that food.
1: Yeah, I mean, you basically have to schedule out an, at least an hour of your day just to go get lunch. Whereas with PAX West, I mean, you can literally walk across the street and get, you know, you'll find any number of cheap places to eat just to grab a quick bite. So I just feel like in terms of being able to manage your time, PAX West is a much friendlier show.
0: Mm-hmm. I can see that. So eh, maybe I'll get back out to PAX West at some point. I, I'm, I'm not sure. So it's, it sort of just makes sense to have you guys head out there and me hold down the fort.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it would, hopefully you can, because it, it, while it does make sense to have you hold down the fort, it'd be even better to have all of us at these shows.
0: I suppose, but you know, you don't, I don't have to deal with all the crappy internet or you know trying to get everything uploaded at once or anything. That's like also that, true. So yeah, that's also true. So eh, it's it's one of those weird things, and who knows? <laughs> yeah. But well, up to anything else this uh, this week, or should we move uh, on? to I'm the trying news? to
1: think. I mentioned the uh, the striker pack, and uh, I mean, I could say I have been kind of dabbling in the few hours of free time I've had. I've dabbled in Final Fantasy XII: The Zodiac Age. And I haven't fo- played enough of it yet to form a strong opinion, but as you know, FF12 has always been one of my least favorite Final Fantasies, so all the changes they made in Zodiac Age were, you know, things that I think would make the game more appealing to me. And so far, that is the case. I I have problems with it, but I am enjoying it more than I did before, and I'm just about to get to the point where I ha- quit every time last when I played the original version. <laughs> what so, point was that? Um, that was when, I think it's around eight hours in, and it's when, uh, it's after Vaughn and Balthier get captured, mm-hmm. and and Ash, and they get captured, thrown into the dungeon, and the two Bonga beat Vaughn up, and then Balthier rescues him, and then he, Vaughn, and Fran try to escape through the waterway. That's where I'm at. Okay. So, yeah. like, there's, like, a mineshaft you go through. No, I know there's...
0: exactly which part you're okay. talking about. Yeah, I...
1: that's where I'm at, almost.
0: I think I got, that's... I, I think that's around where I stopped the first time I played, and I got beyond that point the second time I played. This is the original game, not Zodiac Age. Right. Uh, I did get past that point, but uh, the problem I started having, and maybe it's just because I, I wasn't connecting to the battle system at all, but it felt like I was grinding for hours, and then, by the way, here's an hour of story. Grinding for five hours, here's an hour yeah, of story. <laughs> and that's I what I always the pacing got is isn't,
1: me. Isn't, yeah, the pacing isn't great, and I have to say, those early hours in the story are kind of dull. I mean, there's... Yeah, like, you're running around with Vaughn kind of alone for a while, and I just feel like the story takes a while to get going. However, I will say that the addition of a double and quadruple speed mode that you can turn on and off, kind of like the Final Fantasy VII remake, or not remake, but port on PS4, Mm -hmm. um, that has... it's such a boon to this game, because there is so much running around and grinding, and, you know, the combat system is a little grindy, but you turn on that double speed, and it is immediately so much more satisfying to see you know, monsters die and your experience pop up. And <laughs> so I, I think Square very wisely maybe made the internal admission that, hey, we we have a good game here, but it kind of is a slog to play. So let's just implicitly admit that and make and, and allow players to speed up the game whenever they want. Because it does make it infinitely more playable, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's one of those things I want to get back to eventually. But again, this, this year has been a little nuts and we're definitely getting into the time of year where it's going to get even crazier. So. Oh,
1: I know. And I'm like and I have to I still have to go back and finish Horizon, which I'm still mindful of, but I never have quite enough time or I haven't had a quite enough long enough chunk of time this week that I'm comfortable dedicating because i don't want to start playing the finale of horizon then have to stop you know mm-hmm. so i want to make sure i have a nice long chunk <laughs> of free time that i can fully enjoy the ending and not have to like get up during the final boss or you know <laughs> or you know stop during the cre- the ending or something yeah. so i want to make sure i do it right
0: yeah absolutely yeah i haven't even even thought about taking the time to go and play uncharted <laughs> you
1: know? Oh, i know there's that too god there's so much to play I keep forgetting about Lost Legacy, not because I don't love Uncharted. I do, but there's just so much out there Mm -hmm. right now to
0: play. Yep. And I'm even in the old stuff. I'm even in, like, as far as old stuff, like, I could potentially complete Xenoblade Chronicles this weekend. I might Mm -hmm. do it. Like, I'm basically at the final boss I'm right before, uh, just basically deciding how many side quests I wanted to do. And I wanted to take time to try to do as many of those as I could off- stream and try to make progress that way but i've again had literally no time to even do that so yeah i don't know if i'm going to be finishing this weekend i'm going to hopefully try for next weekend (laughs) but it's it's one of those things like i'm we'll we'll see how i i feel as once i get into the actual thing but that's how crazy it's been i kept thinking i was like i want to do a bonus stream where i want to take time on my own to play this and make some progress and nope (laughs) not happening yeah Oh. No,
1: I hear you. I, I need a good, solid, like, week of free gaming time. It, it Maybe even more, where I, no sleep, no errands, no life. Just, I need, a, <laughs> I need a week just to, I wake up, play video games all day, and then go to sleep, wake up, maybe eat, eat a little something, but play video games all day again. I just, I need free time. Yep.
0: I, it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely sure not isn't. happening. Yeah. So, yeah, because let's get into the news, because there's, even more stuff coming. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, so first up, and the one that's near and dear to your heart, uh, this Yacht Club revealed three new Shovel Knight amiibo that are coming, that they're going to be releasing. Uh, it seems like this year, uh, it's hard to say so far, it's like not entirely clear. But yeah, we're getting a Specter Knight amiibo, a Plague Knight amiibo, and the King Knight amiibo, and... Yeah, I'm totally down.
1: <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I'm a, I'll say the same thing here that I did on Twitter, which was just when I thought I was done buying amiibo, because I was. I mean, after Cloud, I I was done, and I have been done, and nothing was going to change my mind. But then they had to go and announce Plague Knight, Specter Knight, and King Knight amiibo, and they they got me by the balls here. I can't. <laughs> what what am I going to do? Am I going to not get more Shovel Knight amiibo? Of course not. So I'm gonna I'm gonna. Like lift the temper the lift the ban on my uh, amiibo purchasing temporarily, just to buy these, and then I'm done again.
0: <laughs> and then something else will come along.
1: I get. I mean, I I feel like in terms of Nintendo franchises, I'm pretty safe, just because the Smash roster covered so many mm-hmm. and covered all the characters that I really like. So I that's why I really thought I was safe. And then nope, they got the yacht club had to announce more Shovel Knight amiibo and. <laughs> Okay, I you know I got to do it. Plus, I did see the reveal video, and I, and I understand uh, Aaron's or Ego Raptors. I understand why he's so excited and lustful after them. They're beautiful.
0: <laughs> they are. They look really good. Although I gotta say, my favorite is Plague Knight. I think his, mine, mine too. I think his looks the best.
1: Yeah, mine too, and I it. it Plague Knight's amiibo made me want a Mona amiibo as well because I just I, I always loved MOBA's or Moba Mona's design, <laughs> and uh, they're so cute together that I, I kind of wanted a two pack of Plague Knight and Mona just after seeing his. But it makes of course more sense to have the three knights that are you know the stars of their own campaigns. Yeah,
0: the playable knights. So yeah. uh, it's it's cool and it's and you know as you said many times the Shovel Knight amiibo has some of the best functionality. Uh, yeah, amongst all amiibo, and it, I'm sure that it'll be the same way here. Uh, just with what they can unlock and what they can do, maybe maybe not quite as extensive, but still something. Well,
1: yeah, I mean the, the trailer even teases like I think they said says something like and maybe even more like there's like a special armor for Specter Knight and that you can get helper fairies for all three knights and but then they were like and perhaps even more. So it does sound like they're they're working in a little extra functionality in there that might be really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm totally down for it. I, I got the treasure trove on the Switch, so I'm yeah. set. <laughs> you know, I'll be probably picking up all three because they're really all really great knights uh it, totally. although i will say after seeing those three it's like you know <laughs> you could do the other five i know and the I, I was thinking the same thing <laughs> i know like i and, want a whole and shield knight and the black that's knight. <laughs> who i really want
1: i want shield knight i feel like she would make a really cool amiibo mm-hmm.
0: yeah that'd be really cool yeah they're, she better have a uh a campaign in the next Shovel Knight game, whenever that final whenever that comes out. <laughs> I know. I hope so. I mean,
1: I, f- I feel like there's there's something really right for that, or like a Shovel Knight Shield Knight co-op campaign, Ooh, where you can that'd play be cool. as either character. I feel like you know they they adventure together in the opening. They're known to adventure together. Let's have a game where they adventure together.
0: I'm totally down for that. That sounds like it'd be yeah. a lot of fun. And uh, we saw how she can fight on her own, thanks to. Uh, uh, Spectra Knight's campaign, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Uh, so, uh, I guess on top of that, uh, we got to see our first footage of King Knight and how he'll play, and I gotta say, he looks fun.
1: He does. Um, from, from what little I've seen, I haven't seen as much as I would like yet, but I'd love... How fancy his movements are! You know, King Knight is so—he's so fancy and into himself, and so gaudy. And it was—he was always going to have to move like that. And and his animations totally bear that out.
0: Oh, totally! I love how he bounces on the enemies. He has this—they <laughs> uh, showed him having this charge move where, it, like, that's how you get higher—is like you charge into a wall, and that gives you an extra jump. Right, and uh, it's it's really cool to see, and one of his sub weapons is a uh, giant mallet. And I'm like, okay, yeah, he's definitely gonna nice. be silly. I'm totally down for this. and it seems like it's also it's like like Plague Knight it's gonna be another side story.
1: yeah, so I was gonna say I think what they've said is it's gonna be another prequel and it's gonna you know tell the story of how King Knight ascended to the throne, which is cool and I'm down to see that, and I'm sure there's gonna be tons of humor in it. However, I was kind of hoping they would balance things out a little bit because we've got now in Plague Knight, we had a story that was kind of concurrent with the with the the regular Shovel Knight story. And then Plague Knight or sorry, uh, Plague Knight was concurrent. Specter Knight is a prequel. So I was kind of hoping King Knight would be a sequel and kind of tease what's going to happen next for, you know, Shovel Knight 2 or whatever comes next. But I guess not. They're going to make this one a prequel as well.
0: There, I don't know if it's a prequel or it's just a, a cycle. I, I honestly don't know. But either way, yeah, it would have been cool to have it be a, sequ- a pseudo-sequel or at least take place shortly after the game. But I guess it kind of works that it's not that way, especially with, you know, they don't want to contradict his ending for Shovel Knight, like what he's up right, to. Right. Well,
1: that's true. Well, that's why I also think I think I've read that it is a prequel, although I could be wrong about that. But I mean, either way, though, I it's more Shovel Knight. I can't wait. And it's, you know, I'm also happy for Yacht Club because they now also they have finally delivered on all their backer promises. And now they, too, can move on and really stretch their wings and do something else if they want.
0: Yeah, it's by early 2018, they said. So not too long. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to see, although they did not say anything about the battle mode. So the battle mode still is still on its way. So well,
1: last I heard, I, I think what they were doing it is, um, you know, like with the gender swap mode or the body swap mode, they bundled that with the Specter Knight mm. release. So, what what I've been told when I went like went to go, uh, you know, record stuff for all the Switch release stuff and Specter of Torment, what I understand is they're going to be bundling the battle mode with the King Knight campaign. So that's going to be coming with that.
0: Okay, and that's what yeah. that would make sense, but they didn't really mention it. So right, yeah, they haven't really sure. specifically said, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I gotta say, when I was like wondering what the title might be, since we had Plague of Shadows and Specter of Torment, what King Knights might be, and I did not expect King of Cards.
1: <laughs> Me neither. I thought it would be—and it's strange, too, because the cards almost don't seem like they're critical to the gameplay path. So I know there's, that, there's a, that's, it's part of King Knight's story, and he can play cards with other people— But it doesn't, at least from what they've seen uh, shown off so far, it doesn't seem critical to the gameplay path. So I'm kind of surprised that they would name the game after that. But maybe they're more important than we realize.
0: Yeah, it could be. I mean, we've only gotten a little bit of footage. Although I haven't had had a chance to see Andre's uh, footage of um, King Knight from the show floor, which is, of course, the first level. Uh, Right. See how he does there. Uh, hopefully, he's able to pass it, <laughs> actually beat it. I know. <laughs> that's why he needs me there, because I can do it. Well, he does. Uh, at least Tom's there, because Tom that's has true. played. Uh, he backed Shovel Knight, so. Yes. That's all good. All good. But yeah. yeah, it's 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 exciting stuff, and I'm totally down for spending more money on all this.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, me too.
0: Yep. Well, speaking of Shovel Knight, uh, he, uh, he's actually connected to. Another game that was revealed during the Indie Showcase, which was Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. And, uh, you know, the, the basic storyline of this game, it takes place uh, after about, I think, four years after No More Heroes 2 and Bad Man, the father of Bad Girl from the first game, is out to get revenge on Travis. And somehow the two of them get sucked into a phantom game console. <laughs> so now Travis has to fight his way through six games in order to, I guess, get out, but also he gets granted a wish. It's weird. It's just, it's, it's like the other <laughs> No More Heroes games. It's just, you know, you have to sort of just roll with what the story is because it doesn't make a lot of sense otherwise. It's just so out there. Um, but it's still fun and entertaining in its way. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, the levels are actually based on other indie games, the first of which is Hotline Miami, and then Yacht Club revealed during their segment with King Knight... That Shovel Knight is going to be part of that game as well, which is sick. I, like, <laughs> I don't
1: even know. I, I don't even know how No More Heroes and Shovel Knight could possibly cross over because I mean, they've already confirmed it. You know that No More Heroes is going to be a 3D action game again. Mm-hmm. So it's looking like this is going to be our first chance to see Shovel Knight in a true 3D gameplay space, other than Yooka where we just talk to him, of course, as an NPC. So. But then again, No More Heroes is known for being incredibly M-rated. So how are they going to justify or, or I guess make Shovel Knight work in the context of an incredibly violent M-rated game? Yeah,
0: I'm not quite sure about that either. Because when I saw Hotline Hotline Miami, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. That's totally an yeah. in indie game that you could see working with uh, No More Heroes. Shovel Knight. Every time I think of like the bloody action of uh, No More Heroes. <laughs> I think to the cute little wrapped copters. I'm like, oh, I don't want to hurt them.
1: <laughs> I know. So I, I'm really curious to see how that's going to work out. I mean, maybe the art style will change from world to world. But I mean, I feel like if, if now we've gotten Hotline Miami and Shovel Knight, I feel like those two indie games represent two very different ends of the indie game spectrum. So I feel like now the sky's the limit. Who else could we see? Like, what other games? And I'm having a great time just... You know, pontificating about wow, what other indie games might we actually see in this game?
0: It'd be it'd be wild to see just what else that they could come up with. I'm not sure what it might be. Like, who knows? Maybe uh, since Shovel Knight's crossed over with Mighty uh, with. uh, Gunvolt, maybe Gunvolt will show up in some way. That's
1: what I want. I'll say that's, I want Gunvolt and I want Shantae. Yeah, those I, are the two I, I'm
0: thinking of, too. I want those, those, those two, are the two so I want. much.
1: <laughs> yeah, Gunvolt, Shantae, I'm a happy camper.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think what other ones would be really good for like other indie games, uh, but I don't play a ton of them, so it's hard to say. Like Tom I feel would be like, much better about that.
1: I feel like Meat Boy or Binding of Isaac would be pretty safe choices as
0: well. That is true.
1: Those are, those are two pretty big ones. But yeah, I'm trying to think of what else... There could be, but I feel like though we've covered the, the big known ones.
0: Yeah, so that's that's exciting to look forward to, uh, like, what other games might get in there. Uh, now, have you ever actually played the No More Heroes games?
1: I played the first one. I, I never got around to playing the second one, but I, I enjoyed the first one quite a bit from what I remember, and I just like the, you know, kind of the off-the-wall, irreverent humor, and just Travis himself is just so bizarre and goofy, <laughs> and, and yeah, I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, that's actually exactly where I am at. I'm at where I beat the se- first one, loved it, got the second one, but you know, I, I think it was around that time where a bunch of other stuff was coming out. I just didn't get a chance to really sit down and play it. And I hear it's yeah. good,
1: so I'm, I'm. I've heard it's even better, actually. than yeah. the First one,
0: so I'm. I'm I want to try it out. Like maybe I will have to take the time and play that before uh, "Travis Strikes Again" comes out. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's, it's it's cool to see. It's great to have Suda Fifty One back with these these crazy games, and I I do think as strange as it is, I do think No More Heroes is the most accessible.
1: Yeah, you know, I think I mean, of course, Suda Fifty One. So much of his stuff is just weirdly obtuse. So actually, yeah, I think so too. It's bizarre as No More Heroes again. No More Heroes is. I I do feel like that's probably the most accessible of Suda Fifty One's franchises <laughs> or, or games. I should say.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm certainly hyped and gives me a reason to play uh, No More Heroes 2. And fingers crossed we, gotta, we get a good game. I mean, it looks good so far as far as just the art style. Like it really yeah, I, I thought it the,
1: the trailer's great. Mm-hmm. I, I just, love the trailer. I just want
0: gameplay and I want to see what these indie games are going to look like in context of No More Heroes.
1: Yeah, I literally cannot even figure out what Shovel Knight's going to look like in the context of this game. I'm so excited to find out, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. I The like, only other thing I can imagine is something like Kingdom Hearts where it's just like the aesthetics of plaster on the walls, but you're still running around doing your own thing as, as Travis. Like, that's, that's the best I can think of, and I, I don't think that's entirely right.
1: <laughs> right. That's why, I mean, really, there is, there's no precedent for it, which is why it's so exciting to think about because there really is no precedent. Like, how could these two possibly cross over?
0: Not a clue. Not a clue. Yeah. And who will the boss be? Will it be the Enchantress or will we actually fight Shovel Knight?
1: Exactly. Like, you know, yeah, we don't know anything about how this is happening, but I cannot wait to find out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited, too. So are you excited for the fact that uh, Sonic Forces finally has a release date? November 7th.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited in the sense that I'm like, okay, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not like, not like I was Sonic Mania, like, oh my god, November 7th, get here right now! No, I mean, I'm glad it's early November, I'm glad we don't have to wait till late November or even December, I'm glad it has a solid date, um, I mean, I, I'm excited about it, I just, there's just, I don't know, there, there are elements of this game that continue to bother me, like the, the custom hero character, and, like, I don't know, I watched some gameplay footage recently from Gamescom, um you know of of modern Sonic it was like a modern Sonic and uh the custom hero tagged tagged up together teamed up together mm. and then so much of Sonic or so many of Sonic's lines were about you know nope nothing can stop us when we're teamed up together <laughs> and and oh man okay pal like let's do this we're gonna we're gonna save we're gonna save the world together and it's like it's clearly that they're trying to really you know make the player feel like they are in the game next to Sonic and mm. that it's just so cheesy. It's not what I want. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. and
0: yeah, then you get that, really and is. then when
1: you get like whatever the tag power up is, and that damn Hoobastank song starts playing in the <laughs> middle of gameplay, and I'm just like, no, this—it's so close to what I want, but it's also completely misses the mark mm. in, in ways. You know what I mean?
0: No, I I totally get you, and I've also seen people like complain about just the level design where it's it's just a straight line most of the time. Like, yeah, I mean, little deviation, like maybe they're just not showing us the best levels or anything like that. Like, who knows? But, you know, the sad thing is, I'm still going to pick it up because I'm morbidly curious.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick it up anyway, because, oh, you know, I'm i I'm a Sonic fan. I mean, yeah. I, and I played look, I can guarantee you almost that whatever Sonic Forces turns out to be, it's going to be way better than Sonic's worst games. Like, I, I think it'll be fun. I just don't think it's going to be as great as I initially thought it might be. I, I, I think it, yeah. it might underdeliver deliver a
0: bit. Like, we were hoping for the return of Generations-level quality.
1: Yeah, I think I was, I was expecting, like, you know, the next big game from the, you know, from the team that made Colors and Generations. They're going to set a new bar. Well, it is the next new game from, from this team <laughs> who made Colors and Generations, but it doesn't look as if they're gonna set a new bar with forces so I, <laughs> yeah. it's too early to say i know but just i don't love everything i'm seeing
0: yeah i mean it, it also november 7th is a week and a half after the release of super mario odyssey oh I, I didn't think about that you're right so i think that might be enough time for mario odyssey to get clear i'm not sure on that one
1: that's t- Well, yeah, I mean, it's good that they didn't re- release before Mario Odyssey, or else they would have been completely hosed. Mm. But, yeah, Unless you're doing, I f- I feel like, like, the beginning week- of yeah. October. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like a week and a half out is probably safe for Sonic, but I I feel like maybe one more week away would be even safer. Like, maybe November 14th, you know, get, get mm-hmm. a nice two-week buffer between that and, and Mario Odyssey. But then, you know, I don't envy Sega's position here, because then you also get very close to the other big-name late-November releases that aren't just Nintendo, but other stuff like Call of Duty mm-hmm. and other things like that. So, you know, Sega's playing with a, a tough schedule here. Yeah,
0: it's 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 a packed schedule, and uh, who knows how it's going to turn out, but it's... A, I, I think that's the be- probably one of the better positions they could put themselves in, uh, in. And it's also interesting that the game's only $40. Yeah,
1: which... It's interesting but also I wonder if that's telling. Like it is you know what I mean? Like I I
0: I, don't, I know yeah. what you mean because there's always that stipula- sti- uh, stipulation like oh it's cheaper it must not be as good. But I also remember when uh, Sonic uh, All-Stars Racing Transformed came out, that was only $40 and good that point. is still one of my favorite kart racers. And yeah,
1: no, no, mine too And it's it's not that cheaper games aren't necessarily as good There is that stigma, but I just do wonder kind of why Like, I mean, if Sonic Generations could come out years ago and was 60 bucks I do wonder why I mean, the, the, there's that discrepancy here I'm not complaining Hey, I'm saving 20 bucks But I'm just surprised that given that this is the big new 3D Sonic game And Sonic is still huge It's a, He's a huge name I'm surprised that they don't feel like they can sell it for 60 bucks based on that alone So that's why maybe a little
0: maybe or maybe they're just trying to be more competitive, especially well because of Mario Odyssey.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe that they're competing with obviously they're competing with Mario Odyssey, but that's going to be sixty. So maybe they're trying to target the more you know budget minded mascot fans out
0: there. Mm -hmm. Like I want to play both Mario and Sonic, but I only have so much money, and Sonic is the cheaper option. So yeah, get that. I, who really knows? I mean, it's it's nice to see again. It's a nice competitive price point. I don't know if it'll be. I don't think it's indicative of in, inherently de- indicative of the quality of the yeah. game. But you know, because again, it's transformed is my favorite kart racer. Like it is so damn good. Right.
1: Well, and I don't think I would be. Like I don't think I would have these concerns if I hadn't already seen footage of forces and kind of come away with the feeling that I'm not sure I like. <laughs> I totally like what I'm seeing. Like if I hadn't seen any footage, I'd be like, okay, forty bucks, hey, cool. But that in tandem with some of the weird decisions they've made with this game, just have have kind of teamed up to make me feel like okay, I'm excited, but I'm very cautiously excited.
0: Yeah, I can see that. But hey, at least with the bonus edition, you get a decal <laughs> for your. Uh, for your controller, whichever one it is, and all these costumes for your avatar. And I, 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 I gotta say, I do love the fact that they have a Persona Five costume. Like
1: that is fantastic. That
0: that looks really damn good. Like the two that look the best to me are Jet Set Radio and Persona.
1: Yeah, I, I would say those, but also I'm gonna throw Super Monkey Ball in there just because I'm personally a Super Monkey Ball fan, and it kind of made me think that why isn't there a Super Monkey Ball game on the Switch yet? That. W- with the gyroscope, that would be perfect. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, no, okay, you guys remember Super Monkey Ball. Great. Let's get one on Switch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Gyroscope control controls didn't work out great for Super Monkey Ball on the Wii. Uh, yeah, but although, I feel like that was a bit different. Y- I mean, I mean yeah, the gyroscope the also Switch the is button. far more
1: Yeah, and the gyroscope in the Switch is far more advanced. I mean,. You know, like using it to aim in Zelda or to move the camera in Splatoon, it feels natural. And I feel like if they could integrate it to to, that level of, you know, feeling natural, then they could work in Monkey Ball.
0: Yeah, it could be. That could be the case. But yeah, I I, I do like these bonus outfits. And, I mean, it basically seems like a day one edition, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like that, uh, what was it, the Sonic Colors Deadly 6 edition, which was the only edition, even though they made it sound like it was like the
0: first (laughs) one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to be for Sonic. Yeah, uh, like I'm a huge knights fan. Like I have a very big soft spot oh, for knights. Me too. So I, I kind of like the costume, but I don't think it works as well in these avatars. For some reason, the freaking Persona one does.
1: Yeah, I mean, and just in general, I mean, I'm just not a fan of the this concept of the avatar. I know, in term in, in the context of the Sonic fan community, it, that's like their long held dream coming true that they can insert their own character in the into the game next to Sonic. But personally, I just want to have sonic and his crew i don't need to insert my own character into the game you know it, it just feels weird to have this custom character saying you know we're gonna save the world together when he's already got people who he's saved the world with before many times like tails <laughs> and knuckles like who's this nah get this guy out of here but you know I'm, I'm having i'm having my old man yelling at the clouds moment so don't mind me.
0: He uh, yes, already has so many friends. He doesn't need more. this new friend. He doesn't need me. Yeah,
1: yeah I don't I don't want to be Sonic's friend. He has his own friends. No, no I'm sure it'll be great. It'll, it'll be fine. It's just I think that when I saw that footage and so much of Sonic, like literally I would say all of Sonic's dialogue in that clip I saw was geared toward the custom character and like we're going to team up together and, and it's like, ugh.
0: <laughs> I heard somebody, I, I did see somebody mention on Twitter, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, but somebody's like, uh, at the end of the game, secret special ending of the game, Sonic proposes to your character. <laughs> yeah, and it's just
1: like, I want to see, I want to hear that banter with him and his friends. Like, I love the banter between Sonic and Knuckles and Shadow and Amy, Tails, I love that stuff. That's what I, I was coming to forces for, alongside, you know, the modern Sonic style of gameplay. So that's what I'm hoping we'll still get a lot of and, and not have as much of the dialogue geared toward this custom character who, for all intents and purposes, does seem to be a silent avatar.
0: Yeah, does seem that way. It doesn't seem like you get a voice or anything like that, so yeah. no, no real surprise there. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, we also got another release date this uh, this week, which is for Fire Emblem Warriors, and it's coming out October 20th, seven days before Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> Jeez. And you were just talking about, like, yeah, at least it's not before Mario Odyssey. No, no, no. Nintendo did that themselves. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, you know what? <sighs> I mean, got to
1: hand it to them, though. I mean, a few—it wasn't so long ago that we were all scratching our heads, like, "Man, you know, is is Nintendo really going to be able to deliver a strong first year software lineup for the Switch?" Well, yes, <laughs> yeah, they can. I mean, that's crazy. This this release schedule is already so packed.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, it makes sense. I, it makes sense in a way to have it out in October rather than November, but it's it's still. I don't know, Like I have a feeling it's going to get buried, especially since we have a release date, we've heard it's gone gold, and we've, I don't think, have seen a single screenshot of the 3DS version of this game.
1: That That's true, and also, as, as you and I have been talking about in prior podcasts and weeks, you know, they're still, they're going all in on that focus on Awakening and Fates, and I just don't think that's what a lot of hardcore Fire Emblem fans want.
0: Yep. So <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean but it and it hmm. does look good though. Like I'm I watched the, the the new Elise trailer and I'm like okay, this looks, you know, it, obviously it's that Hyrule Warrior style, but it looks even better, and mm-hmm. it looks like a fun game. I, I liked what I played at, pe- at uh, E3 a few months ago, I'm, but I say that as someone who is a casual Fire Emblem fan, so I don't really mind that we're getting characters like Ryoma and Krom and and uh, Hector and, and whomever. Well, not but even I Hector. Z- not. You
0: think probably Xander, because we're not getting Hector. <laughs>
1: Wait, I thought Hector, he was playable. He's not?
0: No, you're thi- maybe you're thinking of somebody else. Uh, oh,
1: maybe I am. Okay, wait. Who is Crom's like the big guy? Oh, in the on the horse. Frederick. Frederick. Sorry. Okay, that's. But there's your proof. I am a casual Fire Emblem <laughs> fan, so I'm fine with all the characters here. But you know, I get that for hardcore fans, this isn't exactly what they were looking for.
0: Yeah, that that is the tricky part. I mean, really, the only sibling we're missing from uh, Fates now is uh, Sakura. That's the, right. Every other sibling is in the game.
1: And you know they're not going to leave her out. They no. can't only not have Sakura, so you know she's
0: going to be there. Yep, she's totally going to be there. And it's uh, it's one of those things. Like I, I agree, the gameplay looks good. I saw the Elise trailer. It looks she looks fun to play. They did something different with her, so she's more offensive since she's typically typically a healer, and it all works. Uh, and. You know, I'm going to be the one covering this game. <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. this is mine. So this is what I'm going to be working on in the meantime until Mario Odyssey comes out. Uh, that's all Andre's. But it's also just like, man, there's just I, – I haven't seen a character yet that truly excites me and gets me like like really pumped up for this game. You know, yeah. I think that's my I think that's the big issue right now is there's no not really any surprises and poor Cro- uh, poor Marth. He's the only person representing his game so far. Like they said yeah. there was going to be these from these three games and there's been nobody from his games except for himself. Nobody from Sh- Shadow Dragon. <laughs>
1: right. And I kind of kind of get the sense that, you know, even even when they go do pick from games that aren't Awakening and Fates, they're going to do the the low-hanging branches like Ike, which is, I mean, nothing against Ike. He's he's awesome, and Ike should be in the game, but I feel like they're not going to go too far deeper into the non-awakening and Fates games.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the problem with Fire Emblem uh, becoming a game like this is that there's a wealth of options, and there's always going to be yeah. certain characters left out, but that's why you want to try to balance it between lots of different games like maybe not have the main characters of each one but still have a popular character from that game or something to that effect and instead they decide to put all their focus on the ones that were the most popular which again makes sense you're trying to sell this game one people uh for people but you can also do that while simultaneously having them like "Ooh, who's this character kind of like what they're doing for fire emblem heroes and fire emblem heroes has that whole thing, you know, I've I've mentioned this before, they did do a poll about the most popular characters. Use it!
1: (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, this also may end up being a thing where, I mean, Hyrule Warriors launched with characters, you know, fan-favorite characters, but it got so much DLC. And this may be the kind of thing where Fire Emblem Warriors does as well, and that all those really deep-dive you know, hardcore fan requests may come in the form of DLC, which mm-hmm. is good and bad. I mean, it's good that they'd be coming at all, but of course bad that people would have to pay extra for them. But, you know, I have a feeling that they're probably at least going to do one round of DLC that will kind of address some of those hardcore fan
0: requests. Yeah, I could see Ike, Lynn, and probably Roy.
1: Yeah, I guess see, like, the, yeah, the, the Smash Brothers characters and Lynn. <laughs> basically. because yeah. everybody yeah. loves
0: Lynn. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Yeah, Lin's always popular, and I kind of wonder if we may see Alm and or Celica just because Fire Emblem Echoes came out this year. I wouldn't well. mind
0: that, because I, I do enjoy that, them as characters. But again, we're yeah. get, the, the problem is, with all of those characters, is they're all yeah. sword users.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we already have so many. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why Hector's yeah. a popular choice, because he's a lord, but he also uses an axe. Right, right. And Ephraim would be a good choice, because he uses a spear. So right. But again, it's not exactly the most popular, so it's one of those tricky things. So, I mean, I guess we can also expect Tiki to be playable thanks to her amiibo uh, coming. Right. So now
1: I don't know. I don't know how popular she is. Again, a casual fan, but I have gotten so many wins based on my Nino alone in Fire Emblem Heroes. That I want. I'm a fan of Nino now, so I just want. I just want Nino in this game, just because she's such an. I have a five star Nino in Fire Emblem Heroes, and, and she has like single handedly won so many fights for me. <laughs> so awesome. I want Nino in this game, just based on that alone.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can see that sort of feeling. Like that's why you get that attachment to these characters, and you want to yeah. see them represented as like they did good for me. I want to see more. Yeah, give exactly. me more, and it doesn't always. Happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will say though, I think they made the right choice by choosing female corn to be playable and not male corn. Mm-hmm. Female corn's so much more interesting and has
0: such a better character design. Yeah, I agree with that, but it is also strange that they decided to have both genders of robin there.
1: Yeah, but not both. Well, I guess they, they I th- probably know though that both male and female robin are very popular, whereas really only female corn is popular. Like, I, how many people have you met that actually really love male corn? Like I feel like there aren't
0: that many. Yeah, like he's just so boring to me. He's just bland. Yeah, he doesn't. There's not much that stands out about his design. It definitely works better for female Korin. Yeah, but yeah, the funny thing is, is uh, the game actually comes out uh, at the end of September for in Japan. So almost a month in advance. Yeah, exactly. Japan gets it a month early. And, uh, well, if you guys are interested, (laughs) I'm going to be – I'll be definitely picking up the Japanese version since, you know, region-free Switch. So I'll probably be doing a bunch of coverage of that version. Uh, It's very similar to my original Hyrule Warriors playthrough where I was trying to figure out everything. (laughs) So you can expect a uh, probably all-day stream there.
1: (laughs) yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Lots of people will want to see that. I'll I'll tune into it too if I can because I'm curious to see how this turns out.
0: Oh, I am too, and it'll be fun. And, you know, we still have no idea exactly what's going on, but we can see what characters will pop up. And yeah, I, I'm curious whether they're actually going to show all the characters or they or if they're going to leave some surprises. I have a feeling they're they're probably going to show them all. You think so? Yeah, because they showed them all for the for Hyrule Warriors. There was no yeah, surprise did. characters there. Yeah, good point. So they're they're Probably going to show them all off, and not too much longer until they we have to know about them. Like again, like we're, we're first of September, so we have uh, just a few weeks until it comes out in Japan, and we actually know the full lineup.
1: Yeah, which means we'll probably see a Sakura trailer sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yeah,
0: I would, I would not doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, well, another cool thing about Fire Emblem Warriors is uh, the reveal of a, a feature where you can choose to drop the resolution, because what they did, they designed this game with 1080p, 30 frames per second in mind. But if you want that higher frame rate, you're actually able to uh, drop the resolution down to 720p in order to have 60 frames per second. And I thought, I found that to be a really interesting idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a very un-Nintendo thing to do. This is something you see in so many playstation and xbox games and i find it to be a welcome addition you know i I, some people really they they prefer either having a you know a higher resolution but lower frame rate or vice versa and i think there are valid reasons to go with both approaches and nintendo usually shies away from offering players that kind of technical you know that kind of uh, that direct control over their technical experience Mm -hmm. but i think it's something they should do more and i'm kind of glad to see them doing it here
0: oh absolutely I think it's a really good idea I can see each, each person like for somebody like me who doesn't always pick up on the fact whether something's 30 or 60 frames uh, 1080p will be just fine like you'll get that right. greater graphical fidelity for those who do well then you can get that uh, you know that frame rate will be higher for you as you're tearing through and maybe you don't mind so much having uh, you know down to 720p but it's, it's still yeah. I, I, the fact that there's choice is a great thing and yeah
1: well, and it also really it helps it take advantage of the fact that it's on Switch because then, you know, once you're playing it on the go, there's no reason not to have the, the bumped up frame rate because you're playing on the Switch's 720p screen. So it's actually pretty cool that you have the choice when you're playing on the TV, but then, you know, they've optimized it so that whenever you're playing on the go, you can have that full... 60 frames per second. Yeah. So, I got to say like across the board I think this is a really cool thing they
0: did. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 the crazy thing to me about Fire Emblem Warriors. Everything about this game <laughs> is so solid on paper except for yeah. the lineup. Yeah. I know. And that's and technically just, it, the most it, yeah. important part.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you, you just you have to wonder if they just didn't think that other games besides Awakening and Fates would play well or or what but you, then you also have to think they must know what their fan base at least to a degree wants and it isn't fates characters. So I don't know. It's 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 hard to say who exactly, you know, how exactly these decisions were made.
0: I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> yeah. So well, I guess we'll see. Won't be too much longer though, especially for that Japanese version.
1: Yeah, and you know, maybe maybe it'll have the opposite effect where it'll, you know, give the fates characters another time to show another chance to shine and actually you know, maybe people will enjoy them more in the context of a warrior's game. You know, and more than they did in the context of Fates' story. Mm, could be. We'll have to see what. Probably not. No, probably
0: not. <laughs> I don't think not. that's
1: going to happen. But you know, I'm, I'm just trying to look at this from every possible. <laughs> yeah. Positive I'm, I'm angle. I'm pretty
0: sure playing as Tingle did not give you more appreciation for Tingle. It sure did not. <laughs> no, that's true. That is very true. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Well, we also had the Nintendo Indie Showcase, but considering that you had not have not watched it yet. Not too much else to say about that, especially since I really don't have too much else to add other than the fact that it was really cool to see how Nintendo is just scooping up these indie games like crazy. Like, so many of them during that uh, event were, you know, uh, first on Switch or exclusive to Switch. It's, yeah, uh, and then, like, yeah, and even side. ones
1: that weren't, like, and even ones that aren't, they're they're really cool gets, like Kentucky Route Zero, which I've heard really good things about. You know, they like they're really snatching up not only good exclusives but really good game the you know, indie games that have already seen success on other platforms mm-hmm. so yeah like i'm looking forward to watching the showcase properly tonight but i mean it seems like there's a really strong lineup you got steam world dig 2 and they've got into creates this new game which they just they just announced which is dragon mark of death and i think it's supposed to be an action rpg or an rpg
0: yeah 2d action rpg
1: yeah, and I am really excited to see what that's all about mainly because um, they got the the art team basically like the, the lead artist in the art team from the Mega Man 0 and ZX series. Ooh. They're going to be doing the art for Dragon Mark of Death and like I think it's uh well, of course I'm I'm drawing drawing a blank is it Toru Nakagawa? I can't but he's I can't remember his exact name, but that's the artist uh, uh, the lead artist in the 0 series. And I love that art style. That may actually be my favorite art style in any game
0: ever. Oh, I like, period. I can. I kind of agree. I love all that artwork that they put out for the Zero series. It always looks oh, just so, uh, just beautiful and badass.
1: Yeah, it's like it's weird. It's both. It's got that kind of like slight chibi cute quality, but it's also got a really hard edge and kind of a badassness to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's a really cool clashing of of different styles, I guess. And I cannot wait to see that style in Dragon.
0: Yeah, I did not know that, and I'm, I'm totally, totally psyched for that one. I, uh, I, uh, yeah, it's, it, it creates, does good work, and it's great to see them have another original, and something a little out of their wheelhouse, as far as, uh, genre.
1: Yeah, and then, of course, there's Runner 3, which I've talked about being excited about, and I gotta say, Lost Sphere is looking a lot better, and just a lot more, uh, just adventurous, and I guess just ambitious, than I Am Sensen so I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that. I feel like maybe Lost Fear might be that that uh, Tokyo RPG Factory's chance to really nail it mm-hmm. with uh, you know with that kind of old school RPG gameplay. And I Am Sensen was good, but it didn't really go beyond being good. And it looks like Lost Fear is a little more ambitious, so I'm pretty excited.
0: I have not had a chance to look at the trailer yet, but that's great to hear.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on it and. Uh, and yeah, there's just, it was a good indie lineup so far. I can't wait to watch the actual presentation.
0: Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Again, uh, I, I, I said it before, but it's great to see how the indies have sort of taken on the job of filling in the empty portions of the Switch, and so you're constantly having new stuff to play thanks to them, and yeah. the Switch is just a really good console for indies.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. It's like becoming like the indie dream system.
0: Yeah, kind of is. So, Yep. But that's all the news for this week, at least that we're discussing here. And uh, so let's go ahead and jump over to our uh, topics from our patrons. And as always, if for just $1 a month, you guys can support us on Patreon and uh, offer up topics like the ones we have coming up here, as well as get the podcast every Friday, uh, three days early. So, yeah. So, Ash, do you want to go first or should I?
1: Uh, I can go first this week. Okay. So, my topic this week comes from Soon Lee Lore, who says, Hey, GX. With the year anniversary of the PlayStation VR coming up in a bit over a month, uh, what are your thoughts of VR as a platform becoming mainstream? What do you think would be needed to get VR to that point, even with Sony already pushing for the platform? So thank you for the question, Soon Lee. We appreciate it. And, um, you know, I don't think... I think Sony has done more for VR than any other company in terms of getting it into the mainstream. They've certainly done more than Oculus and uh, HTC. I mean, the, the PlayStation VR is the closest VR has ever come to being mainstream, but... It's still not quite there, and I think that has to do with two things. A, the cost, and B, just the overall unwieldy aspect of it. Like, I was, I wanted to get a PlayStation VR almost just for res by itself, and then I, you know, then as we got closer to launch, Sony started releasing, okay, here's how you set it up, and here are all the details, and then when I saw that it added, like, 12 wires to your setup, I'm like, you know, I'm good. (laughs) I, I already have enough wires in my setup, and I don't really want to clutter my space up with more wires. And I'm like, you know, I don't need to add that much clutter to my space for what is ultimately kind of a novelty. I mean, VR is very cool, and I did, I've did, i gotten to play all of Res Infinite in VR mode, and it really is amazing. But I don't know if it's $500, $400 plus 12 more wires to your setup amazing. And I think that's those are the two main barriers. I think if they can get to the point where they can lower the cost and, and make it a an attractive entry cost, like $200, $250 maybe, um, maybe 300 uh, and but they can make it wireless or something. And of course, I know those those two things clash because making a wireless is going to make it more expensive, but I just don't think the average consumer is ready to go all in on VR like that with everything that entails, the, the, the money aspect of it, you know, it's such a huge investment, and just all the clutter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mas- mostly agree with you, because I, I don't think about VR too often. I mean, I see on occasion, like, hey, this VR ga- this game is coming to VR. Hey, this game, this is a VR game, that sort of thing. Like, like you have that uh, sort of, that VR game that has to deal with, um, oh, it f- was that one PlayStation <laughs> 4 game uh, that was all of real time. It was like, like a serial killer movie. Uh, where anybody could actually die, but anyway, uh, you got more of that. Uh, another VR game based on that coming out, which could be spooky. It could be fun. I've heard you know heard great things about Resident Evil uh, Seven in VR and of yeah, course Red. and Thumper. Yeah, and Thumper. Thumper
1: is supposed to be great in VR.
0: Yeah, there's there's some really great examples out there, but not enough for me to want to invest how much money into it. Add the wire, uh, add all the wires and everything else. It really is, as you said, just still a novelty to me. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Like, I think it really does... You're basically going to have to really take a risk and pull a Wii where you just... That's the focus of your system. And they kind of did that with the Vive and the, um, you know, the other the options. The Oculus. Oculus, thank yeah. you. But it's you still need, like, a PC and all that stuff. You right. still need to set it up with your PC and... Have all these other options, and I have a friend who I apparently got a cheap, found a found a decent deal on VR. Uh, he's a huge Star Trek fan, so he got it because he wanted to, he really wanted to try out Star Trek Bridge Crew, and mm-hmm. he's really been enjoying that. I haven't checked it out myself, but um, yeah, he's he's really enjoying it. But again, he was he's also like, yeah, this is kind of a waste of money but I want to play.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean and it's like I don't, you know, I'm I'm not against VR. Every time I, I try it or or especially on PlayStation VR or even recently at a friend's house where he had a, a Vive as well and I played that and I every time I think it's really cool. I'm I'm not anti-VR, but I don't think it's um, um, I don't think it's mainstream. I don't think it's going to be, well, it's definitely not mainstream now. And I don't think it's going to be still until they can get the price and the convenience where it needs to be for the general consumer to buy in because you know enthusiasts they're already going to mm-hmm. enthusiasts already have the trick is to make it attractive to non-enthusiasts who are like oh this looks pretty cool okay i'll try it
0: yeah that's the, that's the difficult part and the again that's why i said you almost have to go for the waste solution where if you want to try and have want people to do your gimmicky new idea you <laughs> need to have it bundled in
1: yeah no, and, and, and I will say, though, you know, props to Sony for not doing what they usually do and introducing new tech and then just completely abandoning it one year later. <laughs> they are still, you know, putting noticeable effort into pushing PlayStation VR. And, you know, I think the, the sales have been modest, not bad. I don't think it's been a, a failure, but I don't think it's, you know, lit anything on fire either. But, you know, Sony's really trying it, and they, they're really trying to, st- to put their support behind it, and they keep... Supporting it. So good on them for doing that. And I hope it works out because I would like to see another iteration of PlayStation VR down the road that is a little cheaper and maybe is a little more convenient to set up.
0: Here's hoping. Uh, yeah. You know, because I tried it that one time and I did enjoy it. But again, it's just sort of that, I don't know, novelty experience more than anything else right now.
1: Yeah, especially in and, and you know 400 500 bucks for a lot of people isn't a novelty. It's like, you know, okay, I could afford this, but do I really want to spend this much money on something I'm likely to to do once in a while? Yeah,
0: exactly. Like show it off to friends when they come over and that's about it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. We'll see what happens with VR in the future, but for now it's it's definitely not big on my list. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Well next up uh, for my topic, we have Peter who says, Greetings. After watching the game and watch of of Monster Hunter Stories, and Derek commenting on the lack of emotional investment when Cheval's mom dies within the first 20 minutes of the game, I feel like the game made a weird choice for an RPG. When the game launched in Japan, an anime also aired fleshing out almost all the side characters and somewhat following the the main plot. From what I've seen and played from the demo, uh, parentheses, it was amazing, it, seem, it seems to skip most of the, of the development in order to give you more time playing the game. The question here being, what do you guys think of this way of storytelling, leaving out a ton of character development, just enough to know what their motivations are, etc. Out of the game to keep a good pace and fleshing it out through another medium like a book or TV series. Keep up on doing the great work uh, you got. Keep up on doing the great work you guys always do. Love the podcast. So thank you so much, Peter, for that. First of all, uh, and glad you enjoyed the game and watch. Uh, did not realize that it was being, uh, that they had released the demo and it was basically the first hour that i played so that was a whoopsie (laughs) but yeah i I, for i don't know if you you probably did not take time to watch it ash but yeah so you have a friend character and you you kind of get to know this friend and you you get a sense of his personality and then you get back to town and you're like hey there's my mom cool (laughs) and that's about that's about all the interaction you have with her it's just and like there's my mom and I'm in trouble for doing, going on this kind of adventurous thing with you in the in the very beginning, and then monster attacks and she dies, and yeah. all of a sudden right and all of a sudden right there is your character motivation why about why this character is now a, uh, all uh, angsty and upset and just you know has a chip on his shoulder and what whatnot, which mm-hmm. makes sense death of a parent will do that, but it also makes me you know, it's also like okay, I, I get his motivation, but I don't care about his motivation. And it's interesting that he said that you got that sort of better idea of a character dynamic from a TV show because I immediately started thinking of Final Fantasy XV. And while I haven't played a lot of it, it yes, <laughs> I heard so many people say that you kind of need to watch the extra material for Final Fantasy XV to actually get an emotional connection with a lot of the events that go on in the game.
1: Yep, and as soon as I started reading this question, my mind immediately snapped to Final Fantasy fifteen. You can literally, you could make this question about Final Fantasy fifteen, and you wouldn't have to change very many words. Mm-hmm. It could apply word for word to FF fifteen. And you know, I, I don't think it's a great way to tell a story. No, at, l- at least not for an RPG, which is a you know traditionally a story heavy genre. And I don't think it's a lot of fun to you know be playing this game like an RPG where you know the whole reason your character is is Acting the way they are, or the reason they're doing what they're doing, are because of motivations or or big things that happen to them off screen, in another either off screen and you don't see them at all, or off screen in another medium like an anime or a movie, and that is pretty much all of FF15. Like there are key, like big, big, big deal character deaths that happen halfway through the game, and I won't go too too much into spoilers, but like you know, important characters die. And it falls flat emotionally because you barely got to see these characters prior to their deaths. So it's like you you wanna feel bad for the characters left behind who cared about them and it's like, you know, you're gonna get revenge, but when you didn't put in the time to show the player that character development and, and show that bond that, you know, that formed before the character in question died, it's very hard to care as much. You know, it's like you know, in FF7, when Aerith dies, it hurts, it stings, because she was a she was a friend to everybody. She was, you know, she was a really important part of that team. But when certain characters die in FF15, it falls flat, because you don't have that development prior to that, and most of their time is spent off-screen. Mm-hmm. And it it sounds like that's kind of the same problem here with Monster Hunter Stories, where it kind of falls flat, because you never got a chance to see Cheval and his mom kind of... You know, live their day to day lives or at least have any sort of development at all. And frankly, I don't think it's a great way to tell a story. Now, to be fair, I did watch the FF15 movie and I watched the 15 anime. The anime was great, the movie sucked. But, you know, like I had no problem watching those things, but I do have a problem when those things exist on top of the main game using those things as an excuse to kind of go light on the story. No, it should have been in the game as well, on top of other things, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, I I completely agree. I think you... You know, you can't expect everybody to watch all of this stuff. And yeah, they can get a basic sense of what's going on and still enjoy it as far as it being a game, which I guess is fine, but I feel like this, the experience should be complete. You should not have to expect somebody to go here just to experience all of your story or all of your character development or what have you. Like, the best example that comes to my mind is The Witcher. Now, I've never played any of The Witcher games, but I do know it's based on a book, a book series. And... You don't need to read that book series in order to understand what's going on in The Witcher. It's just the characters in these situations, and you got you got all the information you need just from that. And that's all, and that's that's perfect. That's how you do it. You take this established product and make it something you know on its own. Uh, I guess to a degree, Parasite Eve. That was originally a book in Japan that was right. somehow adapted into a video game, which is the weirdest. <laughs> arc that you can possibly imagine, but yeah, they—they, they, they, you know, it's, it's more of an adaptation than anything else. But you didn't know we need to read the book in order to understand what's going on in *Parasite Eve*. Like right. having it self-contained within, the the uh, story is the way to go. Now. Where it gets tricky is supplemental material. So, like the Halo books. Like, they came out with a bunch of Halo books that fleshed out the world. I think they did the same thing for Gears of War, and a lot of them are highly regarded. But, you know, they might have references to those things, or you might, like, have some offhand comment. And if you read the books, like, oh, I understand that. That's what this is all about. But if you don't have that, you're still like, okay, this is a thing, but it's not as important. And I think that's the better way to handle it if you're going to have expansive materials.
1: Well, yeah, and that I completely agree. And I also think that, you know, death in itself is kind of misunderstood as a storytelling vehicle a lot of the time. Like, death by itself doesn't carry a lot of weight. You, you have to put in the—you have to, you know, provide context for it. So get that character development in there or provide a reason that you're supposed to care about the characters who are dying. If a character dies but you don't care about them, you don't even know who they are— that itself doesn't carry weight, and I think that's something a lot of writers, whether it be in video games or movies or whatever, sometimes misunderstand. Is that oh, we have you know this main this character died, okay, but did it, was it earned? Does mm-hmm. that death earned? <laughs> and that's and that's what makes the difference. And I mean, and it, and it doesn't always have to do with the length of character development either. It's it's really more to do with the quality. And I would cite Mother Three as a great example. I'm not going to spoil things for people who haven't played it because you know maybe it will still get released here. Who never know you know who knows. But there is a character that dies in the, you know, the first few hours of the game, and it hurts. It's crushing. But you've only been playing the game for, like, what, three or four hours at that point, so you wouldn't think so. But no, it's the way—it's it's the screen time, the way the game used the screen time to develop these characters. And even just after those three, four hours, you've been given sufficient context for it to— stab you like a knife when this when you find out (laughs) this character died and that is quality storytelling so it's not about spending 50 hours showing us how these characters got to this point it's using the time you have effectively
0: yeah exactly and there's there's good ways to do that as you said, of a mother i have no idea what you're talking about as far as who dies but uh, (laughs) yeah Um, i wouldn't dream of spoiling that for you because it's so good thank you (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah first like Cheval, it is literally like oh hi mom bye mom <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is it is pretty much to that effect and yeah it's 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 crazy in that way how you have that development so you can make it work but you have to really put in that extra effort in order to make it all cohesive and actually feel complete as far as the game and that's okay. why i think the books make sense as supplemental more than anything else like make make the books make the uh, all other media supplemental not the game itself get right. all the bit important bits of information all the important character development in that story or yeah. in, the, in that RPG in, that, in this case so I thought that was an interesting question because we, yeah. we do see that from time to time where they have these Multimedia empires where you guys do this you know, or watch this, and Marvel even kind of plays at that. But usually, Marvel in itself is a complete story. I mean, sometimes not. Uh, some movies are don't really match that, but other ones, you know, you can just watch them on their own and not need to know the rest of the Marvel universe.
1: Yeah, no, right and, and no, and, and I agree. it's it a good question. Thank you, Peter. And I would just say if this. Uh, example bothered you, don't play Final Fantasy 15 because you'll be tearing your hair out for like f- 60 <laughs> hours or something. 50, 50 hours because it's just, it really is what you just described, but for the whole game. As good as the rest of the game is, that story does fall apart in completely the same way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, well, moving on to our final topic. It's actually done by, uh, actually, the same question asked by three different people, which I, <laughs> which I, so, I put them all in here. So, let me just go ahead and run through them all here, real quick. So, first up is Els Pensinko, who says, Hey, Game Explain, since Mario Plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle is out, it's kind of an unlikely combo, don't you think? On, t- on that topic, I was wondering what weird game world mashups you think would be funny, stupid, or awesome. Uh, then we also have Elliot Skelly, who says, We've seen a few crossover games on Nintendo consoles in semi-recent years, like Tokyo Mirage Sessions and Pokemon Conquest, Conquest, which I think is a great way to diversify a series while avoiding the they-made-this-instead-of-a-mainline-entry difficulties. So what series would you like to see combined for a game? Maybe some kind of Pikmin Advance Wars? Just food for thought. I have no idea if it could work, and also I thought teaming up with the patron above, which was El El Pasinko, (laughs) might get this topic explained, so yeah, that did kind of work. Of course, we had Brandon Chong at the very end who says, What's going on, guys? With Mario Plus Rabbids establishing itself as a crossover game no one knew what they wanted, I'm curious. Are there any strange or unexpected crossovers you'd like to see in the future? Thanks, guys. So, yeah, take care of those three, and uh, <laughs> everybody has it on the mind since, my God, this worked. <laughs> right. So, yeah, topic of what strange crossovers would we want to see?
1: God, I'm so bad at like creative questions like this because I'm not really a creative guy. Mm-hmm. So, man, um,
0: this is tough. Mega Man and Sonic. <laughs> I mean, Te- I would love that, did, but I technically we did see that thanks to the comics.
1: <laughs> well, and I feel like that would be badass, but not altogether crazy or weird. I feel like those two actually go together pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying to like think of things that you otherwise, you know, Mario and rabbits. Like, really, there's no way mm-hmm. Sonic and Mega Man. I feel like you know, it's they're both platforming mascots are both plat you know they're both icons they're both
0: blue <laughs> you know you
1: know you yeah. you got a lot of stuff in common there but i'm trying to think of two completely oh man like like maybe so, like
0: so it's not completely different but i would kind of love to see either castlevania and uh bayonetta or castlevania and uh devil may cry
1: okay i can see, see that
0: i mean it's 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 kind of works in that way, that, like, like these things are established, but the thing is, you can also kind of see how Fire Emblem and Shimagami Tensei were supposed to combine rather than go the crazy direction they did, did end up going with, but I could see, I don't know, I think it'd be kind of fun to have a Belmont team up with one of those two and have the crazy action going on and fighting Dracula and have this, like, up, these uptight <laughs> characters all of a sudden facing off against, um... Sarcastic ones like either Bayonetta or, De- or Dante.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that would be that would be really good. I think I've got one. Okay, this is kind of inspired by Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but I want to see a Shin Megami Tensei cross Hatsune Miku turn-based RPG <laughs> that is literally about these you know digital divas going and saving their digital world from I don't know what. But I but I want I want a full fledged dramatic ass Japanese RPG where you play as the vocaloids and it's like a fully dramatic Shinigami Tensei story and they're saving their world through the power of song or whatever. <laughs> I think that would be ridiculous but so cool. I could see that. I
0: could actually I could totally see that.
1: I totally want to see that would be such a, an off the wall oddball collaboration, mm. but I really want to see it.
0: There was a collaboration between Shimagami Tensei and uh, Devil May Cry. They had you know they had that, you've yeah. seen that meme like featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. That's where that comes right. from. Yeah. No. I remember the, that was
1: in Persona Q. Was it? No.
0: It wasn't Persona no, Q. It was, was it? I want to say Digital Devil. No. I don't know if it was Digital Devil Saga. It was one of the. It was one of the Tensei games on the PS2. I forget exactly which one. Okay. But yeah, just a weird crossover like that. I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, I didn't think anything of it at the, at the time because I didn't know much about Shin Megami Tensei. But it, looking back now, I was like, "That's weird." <laughs> That's, yeah, that is a very strange combination. I'm trying to think what else would work. What would yeah, what would to... what would crossover well with Zelda?
1: Hmm. What would cross Zelda and, and still Zelda... be
0: completely strange?
1: Let's see. I don't know. Zelda and,
0: uh, hmm. Zelda and Bubsy. <laughs> there you go.
1: What could possibly go wrong? What could
0: possibly go wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, gee. Okay, I want to, uh, maybe something like, uh, oh, uh, man. I could see it's like, like Gunvolt and Infamous, because, you know, Cole, McGrath mm. from Infamous, he controls lightning, too. And we got Gunvolt, who basically is lightning. So I could totally, like, get Infamous 3, get Gunvolt in there as a, as a DLC character, because why not? He's, <laughs> he, he is electricity. So I feel, but he's also very anime and very, you know, he's obviously, Gunvolt is one of the anime-est games you will ever play, whereas Infamous is not. So I feel like those two styles would really clash in a bizarre way, Mm -hmm. but there is, you know, there is some sort of commonality there.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's pretty great. I've also seen a lot of people say Mario and Dynasty Warriors. (laughs) That could work. Which, honestly, I could see that being really badass.
1: Yeah, I I could see that being fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> this kind of makes this kind of reminds me of that uh, rumor that was going around for a while. There is a uh, Star Fox Metroid crossover in the works. Oh, uh, yeah. And I would, I really wanted it to be real. I knew that it wasn't at the time, but I was like, man, I wish it was. Mm-hmm. And I still think, I mean, obviously that's not really odd, that oddball because they're both they both take place in space and they're all bounty hunters. But I still think that would be a really cool crossover to see.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can see that Metroid and. Uh F Zero have Samus's gunship as one of the racing cars, race cars.
1: You know, actually, we could you could get away with Star Fox and F Zero because one of the endings in Star Fox Command literally is about Fox and Falco becoming G Zero pilots. (laughs) So you you could actually there is there is you know precedent there for a Star Fox F Zero crossover, Mm -hmm. and I would completely be down for that. By the way.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Completely get F- get uh, Captain Falcon in our wing next to Fox and Falco and then mm-hmm. get Fox down and you know in the F-Zero races. Oh, it would be so cool.
0: Oh, see I still I still want my uh, Captain Falcon beat uh beat him up. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, we got we got to get like a I could totally see Captain Falcon working as the star of like a third person action game like God Hand or something some yes. over the top action game made by Platinum or something.
0: Oh god.
1: Platinum could kill a Captain Falcon. Action Captain game.
0: Falcon in this in a, a refined style of God Hand. That would be F-Zero, amazing.
1: <laughs> F Zero Revengeance. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that, oh. see, that that there it is. That's our answer officially. F Zero Revengeance. That crossover like yeah, uh, uh, racing and this crazy over the top violent action. And there you go.
0: <laughs> now I'm just imagining Captain Falcon doing Falcon Punch and then ripping out spines. Exactly.
1: No, I want we're, we've we've hit we've hit upon it.
0: This is it. There we go. Yeah, I love it. Hey, Captain Falcon and Snake has crossed. Have crossed over before.
1: That's true. But I but I, I will say that uh, that Shin Megami Tensei cross Hatsune Miku is a close second.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I can totally see that one. That'd
1: be awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh goodness, that was all. I I thought it was fun. Everybody likes to imagine what could combine. It's it's you never know exactly how it's going to go down because it was very right. weird at the time seeing. Uh, Pokemon crossover with um, Nobunaga's Ambition.
1: <laughs> right, I for- Pokemon Conquest, yeah. I completely forgot about yeah, that Yeah, that's the one
0: Elliot mentioned, and you, like, you don't yeah. think about that, because you just think typical st- uh, strategy RPG, but no, it actually was a crossover with Nobunaga's Ambition. <laughs> that's true,
1: I mean, it's also, it. Uh, who was it, but you know, there, are, there have already been so many truly off-the-wall crossovers, like... Uh, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. So they, uh, who was Ariana Grande? Yeah,
0: Ariana Grande. They got
1: Ariana Grande as a party member in in a Final Fantasy game. To be fair, a mobile Final Fantasy game, but still, like what? <laughs> like where? Why?
0: I don't know. Although, yeah. So, Final Fantasy Tactics uh, Cross Fire Emblem. Hmm. That'd be awesome. I mean, I. I-
1: I think that would be awesome. I think they're, you know, again, those two are very, there are lots of points of commonality, but I think that would be really cool. Oh, it totally would. (laughs) God, there's so many. I mean, the sky's the limit there. And we are seeing more crossovers these days. It does seem like more and more companies are willing to play well with each other. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that means we'll see more and more of this stuff.
0: I think they see it as the cross promotion that a lot of indie games uh, have seen success with. Like, hey, put my character in, like, let's put my character in here and that gets my fans interested while also making your fans interested in my game. Yeah, so it all works. Okay,
1: I figured out the answer to your question. What would crossover well with Zelda? I got it for you, Derek. You'll love it. Okay, Mighty Number Nine. Yeah, no, I, I, I Mighty Number Nine Zelda crossover. Unless
0: that is Link putting his sword into uh, Beck's head like Ganon at the end of Wind Waker. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> right, man, that's that's pretty dark. But what did Beck do to you? It's not his fault. His game sucked.
0: <laughs> He's representative of it
1: that's true <laughs> to be fair though he has appeared in a much better game since so I, I give him a pass
0: nah, I guess that's true but yeah again I'm <laughs> still not sure what I'd cross Legend of Zelda with yeah huh I don't know I don't know like there was always that thing I kind of got with Bowser as well but like a um, uh, real time strategy <laughs> where you're commanding highly, highly enforces. Again, I mean
1: I could yeah that's true I could see that Or I I could see a Zelda game crossed over, again, like a third-person action game, like a, you know, Zelda crossed over with God of War, but obviously not necessarily as violent Mm -hmm. as God of War, but having those big, crazy set pieces and the dramatic moves and all the cool things you can do, like, Mm -hmm. you know, swinging around the environments. I could see that maybe
0: being really cool. Here we go. Zelda cross Pikmin. Put on the Minish cap. He's as small as a Pikmin.
1: Oh, that works. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That almost sells itself. Yeah. That's all you need to do. (laughs)
1: yeah there you go you you answered your own question
0: (laughs) perfect (laughs) yeah all right well i think that takes care of episode 74 of the game explained real talk podcast hopefully you guys enjoyed that sort of what if scenarios we just sort of brainstormed what could cross over don't know if they'd be any good as as good as mario plus rabbits but eh, who knows (laughs) uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but if you guys enjoyed this podcast, of course, uh, be sure to, uh, well, if you're interested, just uh, support us on Patreon Patreon, uh, for just $1 a month. You can get a, these podcasts three days early every Friday, as well as offer up topics like the ones we have here. So always appreciated that you guys listen, and uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. And uh, for those of you on the Patreon, happy splat- splatting. And for uh, those listening later, uh, go uh, hopefully uh, <laughs> Team Flight 1 yep we'll find out soon yep exactly so again thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next time bye